Alright folks, it's time for yet another Switch game recommendation. Um, and today is kind of... Uh, <laughs> um, I don't want to say an unrecommendation, um, but I'm basically going to preface this with a big asterisk. Um, so today marks the arrival of the Mario 3D All-Stars collection for the Nintendo Switch. At the time of recording this, it's September 18th, um, and I just got my pre-order in the mail, and I wanted to talk about, before I recommend you guys pick up this game, a big problem that we might be facing going into the future of Nintendo, and how this game is kind of worrying. Uh, so in case you didn't hear, or you're completely clueless, or you don't follow Nintendo news or anything like that, if you do, I don't know why, if you don't follow Nintendo, I don't know why you'd listen to this podcast, but either way, um, Super Mario 3D All-Stars is a collection of three classic 3D Mario platforming games directly ported from the original form to the Switch, um, and it's not even ported technically, it's more emulated, Um, But we'll get into that later. Uh, So basically, the reason it's called 3D All-Stars is because there actually is already a game called Super Mario All-Stars that released originally on the Super Nintendo and then again on the Wii. Um, And Super Mario All-Stars contained what was at the time the best of the best of 2D Mario games. So it included... uh, Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2, Super Mario Brothers 3, Super Mario Brothers uh, The Lost Levels, or Super Mario Brothers 2 as it was known in Japan, um, along with a couple other things. I think there was a version that released that also included Super Mario World. Um, And then, of course, later on it was re-released for the Wii. And the Wii version of Super Mario All-Stars is infamous because it came in, like, a limited edition uh, print sort of style, and it marketed itself as a limited edition release. It's actually very widespread, and it's one of the uh, cheapest Wii games you can buy with Mario's name in the title, um, which is interesting. Uh, But now going into 3D All-Stars, 3D All-Stars is almost kind of similar to the Wii version of Super Mario All-Stars because it's sort of controversial, just like that release was. Um, Because the Wii version of Super Mario All-Stars was literally just an emulated version of the SNES version of Super Mario All-Stars, but on the Wii. Um, So, uh, likewise, the version of Super Mario 3D All-Stars that we have on the Switch now is just an emulated version of each of the three games. Um, So to get into the story of Super Mario 3D All-Stars a little bit, uh, Nintendo of Europe Division, uh, also known as Nerds, which I kind of love, was tasked with creating Super Mario 3D All-Stars in a very, very short window. We don't exactly know how long, um, but basically... Some Nintendo executives said, it's Mario's 35th anniversary. We need, uh, we need to get some classic Mario games shoved out onto the Switch, and we need them now, damn it. So, they tasked the small team over at Nerds uh, with creating Super Mario 3D All-Stars for the Nintendo Switch. 
and nerds with very little budget for this project and also very little time for this project um, decided to basically create two slash three pseudo emulators for the Nintendo Switch. And basically the first one is a Nintendo uh, 64 emulator that has Lua scripting and patching thrown on top of it. Um, so for the release of Super Mario 64 on 3D All-Stars, uh, they have this Lua code that runs in the background that live patches all the art assets that they needed to update for the game. Um, and basically what that means is when the Lua script detects that there's some code running for a specific texture or specific uh, control button press sort of thing, uh, the Lua script automatically detects that this is happening and injects the corresponding code or art asset in place of the original game's code. Um, and the release that they used for Super Mario uh, 3D All-Stars in itself is actually not even the version that most of the people in the U.S. grew up playing. Uh, it's actually the Japanese updated version, the re-release uh, version of Super Mario 64, uh, called Super, Mar Super Mario Shindo version, I believe is what it's called. And I think it just means Super Mario, like, updated or rumble or something like that. Basically, it was a re-release of Mario 64 in Japan that included all of the updated uh, bug fixes from the North American release, as well as even more bug fixes and rumble support. Um, it also, for some reason, uh, removed the iconic uh, Solange Bowser line from the game and just replaced it with bye-bye, which has quite a few fans upset because the so long gay Bowser line has kind of become infamous in the community. Um, and it also removed the speedrunners uh, back what is it, fuck, what's it called? The speedrunning tactic, like the back jump, I think they call it, the long, back long jump glitch, uh, which lets you speed really fast through the game. And it's basically the tactic that all the Super Mario 64 speedrunners used to complete the game very, very quickly. Uh, that's patched in the Shindo version, and likewise is patched in 3D All-Stars. Um, so a lot of people were already kind of, eh, about the fact that it's the Shindo version. Um, but also, there's a big problem here. Uh, this version of the game that's in 3D All-Stars on the Switch also does not support widescreen, and that's a big issue. That's a big, big issue. Um, for the other games in this collection, they're all in widescreen, and Nintendo has decided to keep Mario 64 at 4x3. Um, and what that means is basically if you buy 3D All-Stars, you're going to have letterboxes on the left and right of the screen for Mario 64, big black bars on your screen. And that's not a deal breaker for most. And if this is the only way you have to play Mario 64, this is going to be an excellent version for you to pick up. But here's the problem. From what I remember reading, they described that the reason Mario 64 was not in widescreen was because it would ruin the flow of the game and it would take too long to develop. But recently... A group of hackers has finished the Super Mario 64 decompile project, which basically recompiles uh, the code for Mario 64 from scratch by 
uh, reverse engineering a ROM file uh, for Mario 64. And uh, what this means is that all of the source code for Mario 64 was available on and is still available online. Um, so what happened from there is another team actually took all that source code and recompiled the game uh, with a Windows binary, a .exe file. And what that did is with a little tweaking, it allowed the game to run in resolutions up to 4K and even higher in the future in widescreen with full controller support and at 60 FPS. Um, and what this means is that in probably a little less than half the time that a full team is working on Mario 64, a group of hackers managed to get the game running in widescreen and at 60 FPS with very little modification. So the fact that Nintendo is charging us what amounts to $20 for an inferior project to what a group of hackers can provide us in three months is a little disheartening for a Nintendo fantasy. It shows how much little effort actually went into this project um, and how it was kind of just like get it out for release as fast as possible and make as much money as you can and then pull it off the shelves in March. Um, which is really disheartening honestly and that's where one of the big problems of this pack really lies. Um, and there's a lot of little things that you're going to find in this pack that are just kind of like oh my god. Like, little grievances here and there that build up to make quite a large amount of grievances. Um, so, that's about it for Mario 64. This version of Mario 64, as well, I forgot to mention, that was made by hackers to run on PC in widescreen, up to 4K, 60 FPS, with a controller, too, also happens to have been reported to the Switch. So if you have a modded Switch, right now you can go online and you can download Mario 64 um, for the Switch. And it's a hacked version. Uh, well, it's the decompiled and recompiled version. And it has widescreen and it has 60 FPS and it has up to 1080p gameplay. Um, and that is available right now on the Switch. You can download that. And it's just, it's, it's kind of insane that Nintendo did, couldn't even match what the community could do for Mario 64, considering it's one of their most important games, and the first 3D platformer. Um, but anyway, I digress. Going back to the collection now, uh, and moving on to Mario Sunshine. Mario Sunshine got the widescreen treatment, which was really nice to see, um, and I've been playing that, and honestly the game looks really good. Uh, they upscaled some of the textures and they made it widescreen and they redrew a bunch of the UI assets for all the games uh, to make them nice and crisp. And that's probably the best part about the collection is that it looks fairly clean despite the fact that Mario Galaxy, um, even though Mario Galaxy runs in 60 FPS, uh, neither Mario 64 or Mario Sunshine do. Um, and they and Mario 64 also got shafted on aspect ratio but either way they do the textures do look pretty good and they are updated a little bit so that's nice to see the big problem with Mario 64 and Sunshine as well is the camera um, in the original games the camera was inverted um, and what that means is uh, like in Mario Sunshine for instance when you zoom in uh, to do a precision aim with flood 
uh, if you moved the control stick left, flood in the screen would turn right. And if you moved it right, flood in the screen would turn left. And for people who grew up playing the originals, you could not change this in the originals. Um, so the people who played the originals really, really, really are going to have a hard time getting used to the uninverted camera controls that are found in the collection. And I don't know if this was the case with Mario 64 because I haven't gotten there yet. Or Mario Galaxy, I mean, because I haven't gotten there yet. But I've heard Mario 64's camera and the camera and Mario Sunshine are no longer inverted. It'd be nice to see an option. Hell, even make the default not inverted for the new players to make it easier for them to play. But at least give us the option to put back the inversion for the people who grew up playing the old one. I'm having so much trouble getting adapted and it's causing so many stupid and unnecessary deaths in Mario Sunshine. Um, the other big issue here is controls. Mario 64 feels snappy, it feels fine, it feels great. And granted, I have no nostalgia for the original and I barely got to play it. Um, but it at least feels really responsive and it feels really nice. Mario Sunshine, on the other hand, is somebody who's sunk countless hours into Mario Sunshine and played through the whole game maybe two or three times at this point. Um, I just gotta say, it, the controls don't feel that great. It'd be one thing if they'd allow us to use the GameCube controller adapter and then plug in a GameCube controller and use that to play, um, which they don't. Uh, but since we have to use the Switch controller and the Switch controller does not have those uh, segmented triggers, I believe is what they're called, from the GameCube controller, they really had to tweak the controls and the game just, just flat out does not play as well as it did on a GameCube controller. It was built for the GameCube controller. And it just feels kind of weird. There's like a lot more thinking involved with the controls. It feels a lot less natural to play because you have to think, do I want to press the bumper to shoot my water so I can run and shoot? Or do I want to press the trigger when I press my water to stand still and aim? And it's different. It's very different. In Sunshine on the GameCube, it was so natural to just hold it down lightly and you don't stop and you can keep running and shooting and then you hold it down all the way and you stop and then you can aim and one thing too that they did with the controls for sunshine that just irks me is they made it so instead of pressing y to zoom in and to aim with the flood you have to click the stick and when you're on the go and you want to snap into a quick aim fire um to get those shots off on enemies and stuff like that it's really hard to like get it clicked in fast enough to get shooting with precision exactly when you need it and i know that sounds like i'm nitpicking at this point but if you grew up with the original it really feels like it like it's a big issue um and i haven't touched galaxy yet galaxy i want to play after i beat sunshine um but that's what I have to say about the collection so far. So here's what I'd recommend, guys. If you have no other way to play Sunshine, Galaxy, or 64, this collection is definitely worth it. It's the best official way to play the games, um, except for maybe the controls thing that I mentioned. Honestly, that's my biggest gripe with it right now. Uh, but if you do have any other way to play, I would maybe hold off for now, maybe see if they release some patches for us. Um, or wait for a sale if it ever happens. But honestly, Nintendo's doing some really shady shit with this release. And 
the fact that they're charging $60 for three emulated games is kind of ridiculous considering we got recently Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2 fully remastered and updated two games by Vicarious Visions for all consoles and it was only 40 bucks. And not to mention they also did Crash Bandicoot Trilogy where they remastered all three of those games fully and released it on all consoles for also 40 bucks. It's just crazy that Nintendo is making us pay $60 for emulated inferior versions of these classic games. And unless you're a diehard Nintendo fan like me, don't force yourself to buy this one. I'm just going to throw it out there. I know it's a little different than my usual recommendation segments, but I just thought it should be said.